So hello and welcome to Scottish Independence Podcasts. Thank you for joining us. We've got Joyce and Ian Monroe are our guests this week, and we're going to be talking about a fascinating, innovative project called Future Voices. What is this project? Where did it come from? We were out for a walk with our younger son in probably January or February this year, talking about independence as we do and how frustrated we were and the lack of motivation. And he said, people don't really know what it would be like to actually be in an independent Scotland. And that was kind of a a light bulb Mm -hmm. moment for us. Because it made us sort of realise, oh, we could maybe do something here to allow people to see what an independent Scotland would look like. So that was a starting point. So we, we thought, how would we do that? And eventually decided that it would be a good idea to work towards videos of people living in the future independent Scotland, speaking about their lives. We wanted to jump right over the top of the inevitable, fairly dull and difficult arguments over, well, what currency do you use? How are you joining the EU? Are you rejoining it? What about borders? What about pensions? We wanted to jump to Scotland when those issues have been settled. In other words, we're like any other independent country having control of our own affairs. That's such a good place to start, isn't it? Because immediately you avoid all that processy ah, but what about this and ah, but what about that? And you're right, when you hear people in Estonia or places like that, they're talking about, here's what it's like now. It really is from that position of maybe a bit like childbirth. You forget all the detail once you've got something nice. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll bow to your superior experience on that one. We did feel uh, over the period of time trying to speak to um, non-committed people about the benefits of independence and ending up answering endless questions about ah but ah but what about this ah but what about that and when our son had said he couldn't imagine the benefits it just clicked with us people are talking about how you get there but they're not talking enough they're not selling enough the vision of why we want to get there and that's really the fundamental thing we started with isn't it interesting that it takes our our young people to tell us I mean, yeah. my, yeah. my son's he's 30 so he's not that young but he considers the yes movement to be an old movement and by and large we are older the, the activists and he says and you guys you're always so terrified about where's the money coming from how are you going to be able to afford this that actually that drives a lot of the conversation and yeah. i thought it was interesting that of the the spread of videos that you've done it really was much more on that what would it be like to live in this future world rather than just like you say low level detail yeah the idea for the project was ours but you know you've got to make these things valid by not just necessarily having your dream so we canvassed pretty widely online running polls um looking at working local yes hubs and then just generally speaking to people and asking the question what difference would living in an independent scotland make to you and uh, gathered a small group around us to to help and uh, ended up with quite a lot of commonality in what we heard back from people. We had um, walls of (laughs) (laughs) post-its all over the place with all the different comments that we'd had. And from that, we managed to sort of cluster them into, well, we we came up with seven themes and hence seven videos. But um, there's a lot of commonality. They overlap a lot, all the the things that are within the seven themes which is great because it's all about that it's you know it's not seven individual things it's across the board 
Yeah. Now, if you'd like to see all the clips, you can find them on the Future Voices YouTube channel. But Marlene and I were so keen to jump into the future and see what it holds that we decided to build a time machine. And here it is. Are we strapped in? Yes, I am. <laughs> and we want to know what a post-indie Scotland looks like. Is Scotland overrun by an ageing population of grey-haired grannies? We'll come back and chat more to Joyce and Ian after this. Let's look at health and happiness. This week on Changing Lives, we catch up with care worker Linda. I can't believe how good I feel these days and I think it's because everyone around me is feeling happier and more confident. As a care worker, Linda has seen improvements at work, in wider society and on a personal level, which she puts down to Scotland's ability to radically redesign the care system for workers and the people who depend on them. I love working in the care home. but. It wasn't always like that. There used to be staff shortages and people were off with stress. And it's not like that now. Things have definitely changed for the better. With the right to care, health and a true living wage now enshrined in law, the impact on wellbeing and the wider economy has been hugely significant. I'm paid properly for my skills and experience now, but more importantly, the residents are benefiting from the, the better quality of care. And people have got money in their pockets, so we're more productive and that benefits the economy because people can afford to buy things. Linda has also noticed the wider benefits to Scotland's society since becoming independent. I think Scotland taking care of its own affairs has given us a sense of responsibility as well. You see people out walking and cycling and playing sport and People have taken on that duty of responsibility for their own health and, and looking after other people. We need to appreciate what we have actually got. And it's really working. Scotland's already making progress up Europe's league of well-being. So, for Linda and many others, taking responsibility since Scotland's independence has been good for the nation's constitution in more ways than one. Sean Harris, Scottish Vision, Dunfermline. In each of the videos there's one person speaking, so they say so-and-so's a, a care worker or... So is that real? Is that what their jobs actually are? No. no. You haven't recognised that one of the stars of one of the videos is sitting right here. Yes, well, I did realise that, but I mean, she still could have been, you know, the, what was oh, it? You were the care things. worker, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're Sean Harris, aren't you? The, the oh, mythical yeah, interviewer. <laughs> I know, we're going to do a series just on Sean Harris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we wrote scripts yeah. for each of the seven themes. And originally, we we're going to go out and find actors to act the parts, but turned out that it was actually just ordinary people ended up being the best people to mm -hmm. act the parts. Um, I've not got any acting experience, and, and we, you know, we didn't need that. It was it was it was really <laughs> fun and really interesting um, being involved in it, and I think. The passion shone through because these yes. are all people who really want an independent Scotland. So I think that that passion yeah. shone through in all yeah. the, the videos. Your acting certainly convinced me anyway. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, just as an aside, that was a pilot video and I, I hadn't 
turned up on the day ready to act. We were supposed to have an actor, but they, they weren't able to uh, come on the day. And so I stepped in. And so it was just from a cold standing start. Didn't have time to get nervous about it. <laughs> That's the best way. Yeah, the, the themes coalesced, as Joyce said, into seven different um, major headings. And part of the thinking behind the scenes was, well, who is the right type of individual to speak about that topic? And we had quite a bit of debate. Health and social care probably was one of the easier ones where identifying somebody in the social care se sector was good. So we actually had a character in mind for each of the parts as well. And then we adapted it to suit who we could get. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be practical, yeah. yeah. My favourite is the one that's set in Sterling and he's quoting Burns. Yes, yes. He, I mean, I don't know who the guy is, but he just looks like Mr. Ordinary Sterling person. <laughs> you know, he's absolutely <laughs> believable. Well, I guess, I guess if you want somebody to play the part of a real person, maybe yeah. just a real person is not a bad place to, to begin. <laughs> about to set off again we're going to Stirling you're doing the time settings now look for good sake get them right because we don't want to be there for the battle of Stirling Bridge or Edward the first arriving at the castles here we go do we have a fair society in future Scotland this week on changing lives we catch up with John from Stirling a man's a man for all that those are the words of Robert Burns from over 200 years ago. And it finally feels like we're realising the equality in our nation that he once dreamt of. As an immigration lawyer, John consulted on Scotland's new fairness framework that has transformed life for the many. What's fairer? Well, we treat immigrants with much more humanity than we used to, no matter where they're from or how they got here. We process their paperwork much more quickly than we used to and we support them in getting housing and jobs which enables them to live their lives with dignity. They do the jobs we need doing and they contribute to our society in an incredible way. Indeed, a major outcome of the fairness framework John helped shape has been a reversal of the population decline that has hindered Scotland for the best part of a century. Our nation isn't so we anymore. Scotland now outpaces even Ireland in terms of demographic growth and is regarded across the globe as an open dynamic place to call home. This focus on fairness has changed many other aspects of society, as John explains. The fairness framework reaches well beyond immigration, of course. Scotland's media, for example, is no longer controlled by a few wealthy individuals and conglomerates. As a result, the coverage is broader. The perception of the media is much more impartial and as a result it's trusted more. That need for us to be well informed is underpinned by our right in Scotland to a free education, practically from the cradle all the way through to the grave. Poverty and inequalities have been substantially reduced leading to better public health. It also has led to a substantial reduction in the pressures on the national health and social care services. That's been driven partly by the creation of far more affordable housing in both the private and the rental markets. And because those homes are well insulated and draft-proof, occupants are no longer worried about energy costs. One of the other benefits of this is that homelessness has been virtually eradicated from Scotland. But I think one of the best changes to have taken place is the reform to our tax system. 
people now pay tax on how much land and property they own. As a result, it's much more difficult to dodge tax and people pay their fair share. These are some of the things we've done since independence that have contributed to our well-being. People feel far happier because things are much, much fairer. The benefits brought about by constitutional change have generated huge international interest from countries keen to emulate Scotland's blueprint for a fairer nation. For all that, and all that, it's coming yet for all that, that man to man the world o'er shall brothers be for all that. And Burns would surely approve. Sean Harris, Sterling. You might have noticed geographically we're quite restricted to the central belt. The demographics of the group that we've used, that we had available to us, is, is quite narrow as well. So the next stage of the project is very much aimed at going further afield in Scotland, while at the same time um, looking at the demographics that we've involved so that we speak to all Scots. Yeah. Great idea, yeah, because that, that's something, I don't know if it's becoming a little bit of a theme just now, I'm certainly noticing a bit of anti-central belt <laughs> rhetoric creeping in now and again. Of the themes then, just out of curiosity, what, what was the number one theme that your clusters came up with? I don't think there was a number one theme, but wellness, a well-being economy, it's right up there. And rejoining Europe in some form is right up there as well. That's a really great question. Yeah. And I think that there are threads running through some or all of the clips, mainly accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when you look back at it, actually, a lot of what we've done is driven by, I guess you could call it the good old Scottish values. You know, I, I think people look around them at the way the UK is being governed at the moment. I just think globally, without any of the details of what's going on, that's not the way you should run a country. That's not the way you should treat people. That's not the way we were brought up to believe the world should be. And a lot of our clips kind of um, riff on this theme of Scottish values, but we can only say that now, really looking back with hindsight. Yeah. Yes. I'd, I'd watched one or two as they came out, but then I, I hadn't caught up with the others. So actually this morning, I just watched them all the way through. Sometimes you just got a really, really good little kind of, you know, phrases. Like one was, I think, reconnecting Scotland. And, and that, in my mind, I've now got that connected in with one of, I think there was more than one person said, and, and now we've got seven ferry links over to the Baltic yeah. states and, yeah. and to other European cities. And I thought, God, yeah. And, and, you know, at the moment, there's, well, there's none. The other one I, I noticed was um, the one about democracy when the person doing that one said, rebooting democracy. I thought, that's brilliant. That yeah. is so good. What we've tried very hard to do is make sure that everything we've put in these clips is real. In other words, mm. it's not real now, but there's absolutely no reason why it should not be real. One of the suggestions yeah. we had early in the process from one of our contributors was that in an independent Scotland, we'd win the Football World Cup every four years. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> so, fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that didn't make the cut. But <laughs> if, if you look at what we've got in the clips, we well, I'm sure we haven't been perfect, but we've tried very hard only to put things in there that we're on the path to, obviously, already, or exist readily in many other countries. And the, yeah. the one you quoted there about the ferry links, when we first saw it in one of the scripts, one of our team wrote, we thought, ah, seven ferry links. But then you thought, well, why not? You know, that would be normal. 
Look what Ireland's done. Yeah. They, yeah. they just did the minute Brexit came up, they just put ferry routes around Britain. England became a big roundabout in the sea highway in front of <laughs> Right. The other thing I loved it was how there's little sprinkles in there of kind of topical. The one that um, got me was the, the bit of the mention of the land reform and land tax. Now, there's a whole load of people currently interested in that. and It's a, it's a live debate. And those little push button things that catch people's interest, I think, were very clever and very well sort of distributed as if it was just normal. Yeah, you know, we now talk about land tax because that's the way we do things. I think the way we wanted to phrase that again, I hope you picked up on this as well, was that we didn't say there's going to be a land tax based on the acreage. That you, we no. said there's going to be fairer taxation of the land you own and the property no. you own. No, we didn't say there's going to be. We said, well, there and is. there, there is. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But very much present day. Yeah. yeah, so that was quite powerful as well. We're back in the time machine and we're yep. going to have a look at the clean and green future. Okay, let's go and find out what's happening in renewables. This week on Changing Lives, we catch up with Annie from East Cobride. Ever since I was a wee lassie, I remember my granddad telling me stories about his past. We actually quite alike, you see, because he was part of the BP team that struck oil off the coast of Aberdeen. Fast forward to now, and granddaughter Annie is playing a part in the new golden era of energy prosperity for Scotland. Except there's no drilling the deepest, darkest seabeds of the North Sea. Whether we're storing the energy for our people or exporting our surpluses for businesses and to make money, Scotland's renewable energy sector is thriving. We're creating a new energy, a cleaner, greener energy that doesn't come at the cost of our oceans or pollute the atmosphere at the back of some exhaust pipe. Annie is helping to lead the planet in the development, construction and operation of renewable technologies designed to take advantage of Scotland's vast tidal, wind and solar resources. These have the potential to dwarf oil and gas and to transform Scottish society, including how we travel. Since gaining independence, transport has been revolutionised. Public transport has become greener and more affordable, which makes the decision from getting to A to B a no-brainer for me. For my pals who work closer to home, our towns have become a friendly place for pedestrians and cyclists alike. Most of them cycle to work with no fuss. I guess that's all part of the influence that our world-leading approach has had on our lives. Sean Harris, Scottish Vision, Ayrshire. When we started as a group, we, we decided the first thing we should do is write down some principles of what we're trying to do and, and, and what messages we're getting across. And one of them was that we wanted the clips to be available and usable and hopefully used by any party, any group, any individual who supported independence. So for that reason, we tried not to be party political slash controversial in any way. We think with our clips, few people could argue that presenting Scotland in the way we have is not of value to anybody trying to convince folks about independence. 
Absolutely. I mean, you definitely haven't fallen into any of the, the party political traps. I didn't think. I thought it was very well done. One thing that I thought was quite funny, I mentioned my, my 30-year-old son. We were discussing it on one of our podcasts, Bits and Pieces podcast that we do every month. The way we do it is I choose the clips, I play them to him, and then we chat about what we think about him. So I played one of the ones from yours. And about halfway through, he went, where do these people live? Because it's not like that round here. And I said, this is the future, James. This is the future. And I thought, that's quite clever because, A, he noticed it was different. But B, it wasn't so ridiculously different that he noticed straight away. He was about halfway mm -hmm. through the clip when he thought, hang on a minute. It's <laughs> he's, he's, he's not alone in, in, in jumping to the wrong conclusion there. We, we have trying to persuade a very well-known independent supporter in Scotland that um, these clips are worth supporting. I won't say if it's a he or she, but their initial impression was, well, this is fantasy. This is not how we are now. Where is this place? And I had yeah, to explain, yeah. well, look, the clue is in the title, you know, it, 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 the whole the clip starts with in future Scotland. <laughs> and then so, if it's not different, what's the point? That's yeah, right. Yeah. So. Yes, indeed. I mean, I, I, I was the same, actually, in the first couple. That, I mean, obviously, I sat and I watched the title going by my eyes and like in future Scotland. <laughs> and I'm still going, oh, but we haven't done that. You know, and then I, and I thought, no, hang on, this isn't someone who's talking to me about what the future could be like, because, and we do that all the time, don't we? This is someone from the future telling me what it's, what yeah. it's like. We've had that comment two or three times, and we did, that's why we put our sort of in a future Scotland, or a future independent Scotland at the beginning. But people skip past things, you know, to get into yeah. the nitty gritty, so it might be something that we, we bear well, in mind. I'll just take the yeah, note. <laughs> Interestingly, this is something that we only have learned through experience is that we put lots of helpful notes underneath all our stuff. Most people watch YouTube on their mobile phones and you don't yeah. see the notes. So you yeah. might have a really good explanatory sentence. They won't see it. For this next one, we're, we're going to be listening to the prosperity that, that has arisen, you know, since independence. So that's a good one for people to take on board because usually that's what folk have the doubts about. This week on Changing Lives, we catch up with Jim. I never thought I'd be happy to pay more tax. Nobody would have. But the system was overhauled. We all pay our fair share now, and all the money raised in Scotland is spent by Scotland for Scotland. In The Wealth of Nations, the pioneering economist Adam Smith argued that taxation should follow the principles of fairness, certainty, convenience and efficiency. And many would argue that's what New Scotland has achieved. But how did it happen? Well, you see, tax loopholes were closed, and everyone now pays tax on the land and assets they hold. Wages are higher. So now everyone pays more tax and we still end up with more money in our pockets. Another thing, our state pension is now far better. It compares very well with other European countries. Scotland's new taxation system has empowered the nation to realise its true worth and to share it. You know, Scotland is a wealthy country through enormous energy resources, world-class food and drink and brilliant tourist industry. Our strong trade links within the EU and other close neighbours has never been better. This enables us to have regular ferry services to seven European ports. Add to that, being in charge of our own energy production allows us to provide serious funding for home insulation, resulting in much lower bills. 
With better wages and fair taxation, we have almost eradicated poverty and homelessness. Food banks, clothing banks, and for me, best of all, warm banks are a distant memory. For Jim, it's clear that controlling our own affairs has been vital to fully realising the wealth of our nation. Scotland is now prospering as a country, and so are we its citizens. What a great day it was when we ended 300 years of economic lockdown and took back control of our own affairs. Sean Harris, Scottish Vision. The other thing that struck me as I was watching them was, I thought, there must have been something that, was, that didn't work. <laughs> there must have been at some point when there was, you know, I don't know, the beginnings of a run on the Scottish currency or something, because it couldn't all be, it couldn't all be as just straightforward and happily. Well, it maybe wasn't, but by the time our people were living in our independent Scotland, it had all worked itself out. Yes, exactly. By the time I got to five or six of the videos, I thought, no, that's why, it's because it's happened. But th this gets to another, another point you come across very often in speaking to people about a future independent Scotland, in fact. Joyce and I went to the Chain of Freedom recently, which is just oh, fabulous. Yeah. Well done, Wilma and Judith, you're yeah, watching. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I spoke to a lady um, just walking along the canal when we got there early to set up. And uh, she was great. She was all for having a dialogue about independence, although she didn't agree with it. Chucked a few things at me, and I, which I was able to reassure her on. And then eventually she said, well, if there can be a cast iron guarantee that within five years of independence, we would be back in the EU, then I would vote for it. And I said, well, <laughs> how many cast iron guarantees have you had from the parliament in Westminster in the last five minutes, never mind five years, that just ain't going to happen, that haven't happened. And remember, the last cast iron guarantee we had about the EU was back in 2014, where voting for Westminster was the only way we were going to stay. Go to any country, anywhere, they're going to have ongoing problems with one thing or the next. And, you know, but they're, they're making their decisions about the best way to sort these things and deal with them, yeah. not asking another country to do it for us. It's ridiculous to expect that they cast iron guarantees about anything in the future, isn't it? But I saw a cartoon once that I, thought, I still think it makes me laugh. It was a fish deciding to move onto land for the first time. <laughs> and this other fish said, well, what currency will you use? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. that, that about sums it up. You know? <laughs> And this clip is about democracy, so by the time we get there, enough time's passed that we've, we've already had two Holyrood elections as an independent Scotland, so now, of course, we get the government that we vote for, unlike at the present. I wonder how many parties there are in Holyrood. I wonder if Murdoch oh, Fraser's yes. still there. I wonder who I voted for. This week on Changing Lives, we catch up with Liz. Liz works in local government with responsibility for improving local democracy and economic development. Since independence, we've enjoyed full employment locally. Our democratic structures have improved as they're now based on our progressive Nordic neighbours. And we've got smaller local councils, so we're more accountable. In fact, everything's more accountable and so effective. We've learned that through local decision making and inclusion, more money stays locally too, so we can invest in real jobs and housing and local improvements. Our taxes and energy resources can now help reduce people's bills and create jobs and homes in rural and redeveloped areas. Our natural resources and people are no longer being exploited by others. As a local government worker, 
Liz has seen how our newly refreshed and revitalised democratic structures have cascaded from our Scottish Government right down to the local community, bringing with it the positive impact of independence which has been felt everywhere from the borders to the Western and Northern Isles. And this rebooting of democracy has also transformed Scotland's international relations. We joined other small, like-minded Northern European nations that lead the world in well-being and true prosperity. And we enjoy free trade and movement again. So it's meant we've been able to attract super talent from abroad, as Scotland needed more skilled people to meet the needs of its newly burgeoning economy. Our international trade is booming. For example, we've got now over seven ferry links to the Baltic states alone, and many more throughout Europe. And we use ships run sustainably on Scottish-produced hydrogen that were built in Scottish shipyards again. Scotland's reconnecting. Scotland is at the top tables throughout the world, no longer projecting power, but promoting peace. And this country is now seen as the most modern example of a truly inclusive, just and prosperous democracy. The United Nations sees Scotland as a laboratory for good, as it leads the world in clean tech, sustainable energy creation and truly democratic systems and institutions. So much so that people from around the world come to see how it's done. We reached out to the world and within to every inch of our land and communities with positive change seen everywhere for everyone. And that's thanks to radically improving the connections we have between our politics, our policies, people and place. And for Liz, while the process of Scotland's democratic renewal has already achieved so much, this is just the beginning. We opened our curtains to the world, we threw them wide open, we saw everything more clearly. We got out there as a free, fair, democratic and prosperous nation. And we've only just started. Sean Harris, Scottish Vision. You've got really high production values in it. I mean, it's so well videoed and, and that really comes through. And, and, you know, we do our best here using this sort of setup. And Fiona and I know if we go out and do an outside broadcast, we're walking along, we can do something that's um, acceptable. But actually, what you've got there is really, really good quality. It's really it so well done. Thank you. And we were delighted because one of the things was that we wanted to do it as professionally as we possibly could because we wanted it to you know to be usable and, and just good so we had to apply for funding to various places a lot of the the local yes hubs and um, groups gave us some money and we got money from SIF the, the Scottish independent funding people as well so that we could actually employ a videographer and he was just amazing he was just so good and he helped to make all the the acting people he also helped us to uh, adjust the scripts to make them more believable or, or into you know a workable format and things and yeah we, we couldn't have done it without him. Have you got any ideas now about how you can get this body of work that's been done? I mean I don't know if you're going to add to it but even you know what you've done already is so good. Have you got a notion yeah. about how you can get it further reach and maybe further beyond those of us who are already convinced? As you know yourselves, the, the producing something that's actually bang on exactly what you wanted to do is very convincing and uh, almost inspirational is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting people to actually open up and look at it is a totally different thing. So yeah. initially when we started, the idea was to create a program that would have send a message to non-committed voters. But 
it quickly became apparent that it could almost have an equally positive input on the movement by just creating a little bit more motivation and a little bit more inspiration. A bit more positivity, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the reception we've had from anybody that's seen it has been so good that we've, we've really committed ourselves now to quite a body of work in getting out and getting in touch with every yes organization we can find. And believe me, there are hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So every every yes organization, every yes group, looking at known influencers in the yes movement, which would be useful. But uh, again, it's uh, busy people and getting them to look at things. It's it's hard, yeah. It's been bubbling around in my mind for a while. It's just how useful it would be to have a kind of directory of the indie media folk, because there's a lot of us around between. YouTube channels, bloggers, podcasters, magazines, newsletters. There's an awful lot of people all doing our own little thing. And I just think how much we could amplify each other's voices if we just joined up a little bit. But for something like you know, your project, if you had a, a way of saying, well, here's all the people I might be able to get to share this. Here's an email that goes out to them all. That could save you a huge amount of time. So that's one of the things that's actually really difficult because, yeah, we're, mm. we're plodding our way through a database of named groups but you've got to go into their Facebook page to try and get a contact and then contact yeah. them and they don't always reply and oh you know it's it's it's, it's a bit of a minefield we, but yeah we're, we have a group uh, a sort of subgroup of four of us and our job mainly on this project over the next however long it takes is to get in touch with really everybody to the point that we've either elicited some kind of response even if it's uh, yeah, it's great, or no, thanks, it's not our thing. We could just say to anybody watching this, because we, we do a podcast version as well as a video version, mm. if you're interested in helping the project, get in touch with Joyce and Ian. Well, we've got a Future Voices email address, so they could okay. uh, contact us through that. Future Voices, all lowercase, 050 at gmail.com. Great. Well, well, we'll share that around and then Absolutely. that would maybe save you doing a bit of work if people come to you because they've seen this. Like you were saying earlier, the, the creating the thing of beauty is one thing. The actual getting it out there is a completely different set of skills. We've found ourselves on social media platforms that we normally wouldn't be anywhere near just to you know to see how they go and to try and try and expand but it is it's a it's a hard slog we are chasing down we started from well over 400 separate indie groups based on lists held by existing organizations like believe in scotland and um but even starting from those getting over to 400 you, you find out very quickly that quite a number of these organizations really ain't active anymore uh, as you go through chasing up organizations that are on those lists that aren't active you find other organizations that aren't on the list that are active so it's an almost an ever-moving target got four four of us really chasing all these leads right now and you know something like this is so powerful and, and we have a couple of other potential video interviews lined up as well with with other indie groups the second approach that we're, we're we haven't taken yet but we're about to is we're actually going to we've got some funding to do some paid advertising on facebook other media too. Oh, and other media, not just Facebook, for adverts and things. So that and that's designed to try and tackle the out out with the bubble. We're extraordinarily lucky with Phantom Power coming on board and being so helpful. We've been equally lucky with um, an individual helping us with social media advice, and this is an individual whose experience is in political messaging, as it were. Ooh. 
and um, the right platforms to use, the right approaches to take, giving us advice on how much we could possibly do, how we can maximize the budget we've got. So, um, and we are in the process, Phantom Power <laughs> is in the process of creating 10 to 15 second, we're calling them trailers clips. And the idea is they will signpost people to the YouTube channel. We're, we're kind of excited by what might happen when we get these things going uh, out yeah. into the, the wide world. Marlene, you, you've, you've watched them in fits and starts, as it were. When, I know you watched them through today. Fiona, you saw them all um, in one go. On reflection now, seeing them all in one go, which only takes about 20 minutes in fairness, has a much greater effect on people because they see the threads then, they, they yeah, see how it all yeah. connects and it almost paints a better picture yeah. of what that world's like. So one of the things we're also going to offer, what well, we are offering to do to some of the groups we've spoken to is to come and speak to them, yeah. give a bit of a show and, and, and do a kind of maybe a condensed version of what you saw in Dunfermline that night, Fiona. Yeah, yeah, and that was, that was very, very good um, event. It was really um, well pitched, I thought. We're getting the hang of jumping into the future, but this time we're going to jump back and we're going to see the launch event of Future Voices. And this was in Dunfermline, it was a couple of months ago now, so I think I know how to do it. We should be able to drop in on the launch event and see what some people thought of the first time they saw these videos. Great, I've got my fingers crossed here. Fingers crossed, right, let's go. Really impressed with the result. I, I've never thought that the uh, the filming would be so professional, the graphics and all the everything to do with the filming, it's absolutely first class. What I thought about the series of films, I didn't expect to be so emotionally affected. Um, it really was a very emotional experience. And I've come along tonight and I have to say I am very, very impressed. You know, one of the problems I think we've had in the independence movement is actually convincing people that actually independence can happen. And watching these films, you, you do convince people that independence is possible. And I was really excited when I saw this new project coming along. And it's been, a, it's been wonderful to come and look at it because it's much more than my expectations. Just struck me when um, Al was doing some interviews with, with some of us afterwards, and I remember chatting with him about this. I mean, back in my former life, I used to do sort of culture change programs and things, and Future Engage Deliver was a formula that mm -hmm. we used. It, it just struck me watching your videos. Thought, this is the start. It's that you, you spell out what the future could be like, and the next step is you try and engage people in developing it with you. And that sort of approach you're describing about getting the yes groups involved, that is the right way to do it, I think. What might be interesting is to see, can they pick it up and run with it and add to it? Or is it always going to be your baby? You know, that's something that we would be open to as well. Oh, yeah. we're, we're excited about being able to develop what we've done further, but we've got to prove that what we've done is worthwhile before we can yeah. get funding or whatever to continue. Yeah. There's something about owning it as well. I think if, if they were to maybe do their own version yeah. or yeah. develop it, it sort of brings people into the fold. It's been slightly, let's let's not call it a pain in the backside, let's call it clunky, getting a hold <laughs> of yes contact details. But it's a double-edged sword for us because 
as I mentioned earlier, we want to get outside the central belt. I'm from Inverness myself originally, and I can assure you there's a feeling of a central belt bias. But we want to get outside the central belt. But although there are still dozens and dozens of things we could make clips about, it's not for us to go to Kyle Blachalsh or, yeah, or, yeah, Wet, or, exactly. or it's not for us to go there and tell them what we'd like them to talk about. It's for us to go there and say, what are the issues in your area that, that people would like to see yeah. differently in a future Scotland? Yes, yeah, so yeah. exactly. I mean, I thought that the, the one where there's, it's based around communities being more empowered to make their own decisions for the locality. Afterwards, after I watched that one, I thought that would be something that a local group, a local yes group, could pick up and run with, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm in yes, Glasgow Northwest, and there's even things that just we get chatting about, you know, not particularly to do with being independent, but they are to do with the community working better. And yeah. uh, you know, that's something that could that could easily feed in from that one video. And I bet there's other options. I mean, obviously, someone will do something about ferries, won't they? Orkney Renewable, they've got a, a YouTube channel that's got about forty subscribers, and they've got some brilliant stuff on it. I only found out about it because we interviewed Mike yeah. Robertson from yeah. Yes Orkney. And some of the things that they just as local communities are talking about, things you'd never dream were, were possible, they're talking about as how are we going to do this? And I thought it's just wonderful. But yeah. again, 40 subscribers, you know, another 40 over here, another 40 over here. How do we join this up so people find out about each other? Exactly. And I think when even when we were talking earlier about um, the chain of freedom, because I think, you know, even if, if work together with Wilma and Judith and do something bigger, yeah. I don't know. But ladies, what a powerhouse they are, yes, oh, if you want. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. We're all doing our own little, little pockets of things. And yeah, if we're working more together. Let's give them another five years or so and see if they've managed to do anything with our ridiculous lack of local government yeah. that we've got in the present day. Let's see if communities are benefiting any. And did they get those 20-minute neighbourhoods in place? Who yeah. knows? Let's find out. This week on Changing Lives, we catch up with Lachlan. It's brilliant to be living in a place built for well-being. Under the new planning guidance, placemaking and design have benefited greatly from local decision-making. People like you and me are asked for our views and more importantly listened to. It's about creating communities we all feel better living in. Lachlan is a member of his local community council, which has wide powers and responsibilities for shaping local decisions. He has seen the impact of collective decisions on his local environment. The key was listening to the people and businesses in our community to understand their needs and concerns. We then used that understanding to identify the resources, services, infrastructure and amenities that contribute most to wellbeing. The first stage was to address the town's circulation problem. Lachlan's Community Council helped to develop mixed-use zoning that encourages walkability, reduces traffic congestion and enhances social interaction. Green spaces and parks provide opportunities for outdoor activities, relaxation and community gatherings. Streets are pedestrian and bike friendly, while public transport is efficient and accessible. The impact? There's way less dependence on private vehicles, which has reduced traffic congestion and pollution. New solar-powered street lighting has helped create a boom in the town's nighttime economy. 
and with the support of the community police, folk feel safe coming into the town at night. People are simply more active and more interactive with others. There are early indications that these measures are already impacting on life expectancy and on quality of life. Put simply, people here are living better for longer. And who wouldn't want to live here? The affordable housing promotes inclusivity and social diversity within the town. Healthcare and social services are easily accessible, while local businesses and markets foster a sense of community and reduce the need for long commutes. Meanwhile, the easy access to cultural centres, theatres, museums and sports facilities encourages residents to engage in creative and recreational activities. And what about leisure? Well, so much is available to everyone, it feels like a normal part of life these days. People are more focused on a healthy lifestyle, but it's not just that. I feel there's a real sense of public value in arts and sports. Perhaps that's because the priorities are set by the citizens and not some unseen bureaucrat. Music, sport and art are offered through all school year groups. Our children and young people have loads of safe spaces to play and hang out to. I'm confident this is a town that will thrive for generations. It all goes to show a place operates best when it works for its inhabitants. Sean Harris, Scottish Vision. Each of these clips really um, is aimed at a different set of demographics. Health and social care is, you know, you're, you're, yeah. who do you want to see that? Do you want to see healthcare yeah. professionals, people in social care, perhaps people in patient groups, you know, doctors and so on. So you can actually set up your social media approach to actually target people yeah, yeah. in those yeah. sectors. So yeah. it all sounds very sophisticated. That's why I'm kind of excited to see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Realistically, um, we all need money. We have actually had one of the, the feedback we got from our funders, I think all our funders were there for the first phase. The feedback was superb. Um, so you'd like to think there's going to be goodwill towards us, even if there isn't pounds, shillings and pence. The effort involved in this for the people that have been involved has been quite considerable. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we don't just have to convince our funders that we're getting bang for the buck we actually have to convince ourselves mm -hmm. that going to we'd love to go to another phase we've, we've actually got the structure of the next phase penciled in broadly speaking get out of the central belt and widen the demographics and talk about local issues elsewhere in scotland yeah that sounds like the perfect thing to start pulling in groups that are already there though doesn't it maybe share the load with them I mean, yeah, some of the groups sure. are very active yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we're, we're, we're part of what we're doing is trying to identify who's out there and who's active. That's been relatively straightforward. Getting them to talk to us is another one. <laughs> but, it, but it is exciting, isn't it? It was last year, Fiona and I did a, a programme where we talked to one of the activists down in the borders mm. and she was part and parcel setting up a, a you know a website and, a, and information about um, publicity about what their ideas are. And I mean, she's someone who already speaks about it from the point of view of this is what it could be like in the future. Yeah. She just had some fantastic ideas. And, and suddenly we were talking about the border. The border stopped being a problem when Ruth talked about it and it became an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't pie in the sky stuff. It was, you know, it was very well thought through. Yeah. Well, we, we, we can sit here right now and you can make assumptions about what people would want to speak about locally. So we forever trot out, oh, let's find a borders group that we want, they'll probably want, want to speak about the border. Let's go to Aberdeen. We can talk about renewable energy there. Let's go to 
um, the islands and we can talk about ferry connectivity and just general connectivity, but that's fine, but it's not up to us to dictate that. So some of these groups may have much more macro scale things that concern them, much more on a national level. Mm. And it's important that we get that voice and don't impose any kind of voice. Yeah, yeah. There are other aspects, aren't there? I mean, there's there's cultural yeah. and, and there's the arts and there's yeah. and there's language. And if you're talking to people out in the Western Hebrides, yeah, they might well be talking about fairies, but they might also be talking about language. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their own sort of culture out there. And the seven themes that we've pulled together are the seven big picture themes for issues that people told us appeal to them about a future Scotland or concerned them about the world now, what they'd like to see improved. Within each of these themes, honestly, there are multiple oh, sub-themes, yeah. strands, that would each justify a clip on their own. The, the raw material ain't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and in the present day, it's clear that the values that we have in Scotland are diverging. So we're sitting in this time machine now, look, mm. if, if we went back to say when Mrs. Thatcher was, <gasps> yeah, sorry to mention the word, but when she, she started to take control, it was at that point that I started to think, but our values up here are not what's being expressed down in Westminster. And, and the more the Tories got voted in, the more I felt that, even stronger than that now. So it would be good to hear from the future how that's panned out. Let's do that, but we've got a moral dilemma first. If we go back and look at Mrs Thatcher, what if we hit her on the head with a handbag and lock her in a cupboard and then jump back to the future? Well, uh, you see, Doctor Who fans know that. You don't go back and mess with it, even though it's so tempting, but let's not, let's not do it. Okay, let's go. This week on Changing Lives, we catch up with Kelly, director of a membership organisation representing charities, social enterprises and good causes across Scotland. Along with the vast majority of Scots, I value people, place and planet for the many above profit, power and privilege for the few. Now no one is left behind. And it's undeniable that Scotland is now a fairer, more equitable and inclusive place, with charities morphing into modern cooperatives and joint ventures. Those have infused business and commerce with a firm focus on purpose and well-being for all Scottish citizens and their communities, something that was only made possible when Scotland took charge of its own affairs. At the election, I happily voted yes, as I realised that along with others in Scotland, we must vote on values, not just tinkering with policies or idly waiting for things to get better. It's not that Scotland has better values than others, it's just, it was clear that staying in the UK with its increasingly divergent values was never going to deliver the fair and inclusive society we desired. It's fascinating to witness how Scotland's age-old principle of the sovereignty of the people is now writ large, based on the claim of right expressed throughout the centuries, now re-energised as the basis for a true democratic constitution. And now we're citizens, not subjects. All people here are valued and they create value and that value stays here flowing within and between our communities, embracing and embedding the Scottish values of fairness, kindness and care within the rich tapestry, or should I say tartan, of our wonderfully diverse people, old Scots and new. Kelly has also noticed how values have transformed the way we measure our economy. We don't use GDP, which is only about money, 
Instead, we use a wellbeing index to measure progress and sustainability, to truly gauge our economy and prosperity as it relates to us as citizens directly. We now keep our shared spaces beautiful and we enjoy a balance between land custodianship and access. And we've created a truly caring society for all. No one is left behind. When someone gains, no one else is expected to lose. Scotland is the most welcoming place in the world. It's not where we come from that matters, it's where we're going together. That's who makes us who we are. It's truly a land where I can now say it's all of us first. So for Kelly and many others, independence has meant that these core Scottish values have finally found expression. Sean Harris, Scottish Vision, Stirling. All the way through this, we've said one small step at a time. And we, you know, you've got to limit yourself to achievable targets and just step forward on one little step at a time. And uh, we've stuck to that so far. And we're in the phase, we're in what would you call it, the publicity phase now. Yeah. yeah, they have to get out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is super helpful. Thanks very much. It's been really, really good talking to you both. Thanks and, and well done. What a fabulous project yeah. you've taken on. And I think that the end result, the films are really persuasive. I'd like to think if um, individuals like, I think you mentioned Ruth from the border somewhere. Yeah. If Ruth saw one of these, she might see there's a good mechanism for getting that message yeah. out there. It, well, this dials back to what you were talking about previously about almost like, I'm not going to say franchising, but you get the idea that other groups yeah. take this, yeah. like, this kind of template on board and, and use it as a, as, a, as a way of presenting their thoughts about where future Scotland could be. Yeah, three-stage approach. You set out the future, you engage people in it, and then together you deliver it. You have to, at some point, make it bigger than yourselves because there's a limit to what, as individuals, we can, any of us can do. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Yeah. Only other message as and when we speak to groups, is about contributing, let's call them actors. Um, the, the, the way that the, the actors work is scripted and presented by um, Phantom Power, the, the way they break it up into detail, means that really no one's speaking for more than 10 seconds at a time. The script is always available right there beside the camera. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a small setup. It doesn't look like a new studio somewhere very informal very small very friendly and i'm sure there's lots of groups out there who when i when i say have you got anybody there who would be not frightened of standing up in front of a camera or sitting down in front of a camera they'll be thinking i know who <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you know? so uh, think about those people and think about contacting us and um sharing your thoughts and contributing an actor one of our favorite parts of the clips was Jim in Edinburgh when he said, and another thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just came out with that. At least three of the actors ad-libbed yeah. stuff into the script based on they just got going into the character yeah. and they just yeah. thought yeah. they could add to it. Yeah. And you know, they, yeah. these are these are folks like like us really, they just don't perform in front of cameras. The, not used to having a, a mic stuck under their nose, just did brilliantly because they were committed. Because they're talking about what they care about. That that's oh, the bottom line. It's not it's not playing a part. It is them. Yeah, yeah I, I, exactly, it's yeah. a great great approach. So there you go. Any budding actors, get in touch with Joyce and Ian, and it's going to be the start of a wonderful new career. Well. <laughs>
you so much. That's been lovely talking to you. And, and thanks for yeah. sharing your, your enthusiasm for what's a fantastic project and best of luck with it going forward. We look forward oh, to seeing you. Oh, thanks very much. And thanks, thanks for your interest. Well, it was a pleasure. Yeah. And hopefully we'll meet again soon. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Fiona, we've gone too far back. Oh, oh look. The wrong but how are we going to get out of here? That's well, the big I don't question. Know. Help! Can anybody hear us? Why don't you just press a few buttons and see what happens? Press a few buttons. What could possibly go wrong? Hopefully we'll make it back in time for next week's podcast. So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye for now.